Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and today I'm with Coot Blackson, an amazing entrepreneur who's changing lives. And if I'm not mistaken, he's called the guru that the billionaires go to. Um, he's uh, been talking for over 20 years, started when he was eight years old at his father's congregation. Then at 18, he was helping doing over 300 venues. It's, it's an amazing, uh, Knut, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, so I know a little bit about you from reading your email that your uh, your assistant sent me and giving your bio and searching you up, but I would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience. Wow. Look, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. I live in the US and partly Mexico. So I feel like I'm a <clears throat> citizen of the world, to be honest, from everywhere and nowhere. Uh, from a very young age, I always felt people's pain very deeply. And uh, I was very empathetic in nature. And so there was a part of me that always wanted to alleviate people's suffering. I didn't know what that would look like, but it was just a desire inside of me. And I grew up in a very, I would say, unusual environment. Um, a lot of people get sort of, you know, mind blown by it in a certain sense. But when I grew up in it, it really felt very normal. Um, one of my first memories as a young boy was seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see, deaf people hear, people stand up out of wheelchairs, the same man who sang she picked up, who had no idea she was picking up the sand that he walked on, by the way, would look at a person in a wheelchair and say, hey, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick, like stand up. And they would stand up and another miracle, uh, someone would come in with crutches and he would put his hands on them and say, hey, throw your crutches away and they would be healed and they would walk. Or I remember someone came in who had like, they couldn't see in one eye and he put his hands on their eye and sight was restored. And so this was my father. And so he built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, a huge church in London. He was a very, shall we say, he went to India in the 60s. So he became a very spiritual, mystical kind of guy, spiritual yeah. guru kind of guy, more than anything. He was the spiritual teacher to the president of Ghana, many presidents, the spiritual teacher to um, several heads of state of Africa. And so I grew up in this environment and I didn't know any better, to be honest. It was very normal, very matter of fact. So from around age eight, my speaking career began where I was thrown into the audience one day and my father said, speak, my son's going to give the sermon. And that began my speaking uh, from age 14. Uh, basically, I was ordained as a minister and my father planned my life out, <laughs> unbeknownst to me. And uh, I was designated the successor to my father's organization, hundreds of thousands of followers in Africa, three, four thousand about 4,000 uh, every Sunday in London. And when he announced this, <clears throat> my soul kind of sank because as much as I wanted to help people, I didn't feel that this was the path. I didn't feel that this was my path. I didn't feel that this was my soul's purpose. And truth be told, I didn't have the courage at that stage of my life to speak my truth to my father. My fear was if I spoke my truth, if I told him how I really felt, then I'd be outcast, I'd be alone, I'd be abandoned, you know, I'd be, I'd lose the relationship with my father. So I think like many of us, I, I let fear 
hijacked me. And uh, like I think many of us, we were afraid to be who we really are. We're afraid to express what we really feel. We're afraid to let our light shine because, wow, if you see who I really am, then maybe you won't love me. And so we don't put ourselves out there. And so around this stage, for four years, I got ordained. For four years, I went through this internal time turmoil and questioning and conundrum and depression and conflict. And when I turned 18 is when a huge shift happened in my life that was significant. A first moment of truth, a moment of surrender where I felt this calling to come to America. I felt this calling to come to California. I felt this calling to come to Southern California specifically because all of the, in my father's bookshelf, I'd sneak into my father's bookshelf and read all of the self-help books on his bookshelf. And a lot of the self-help icons lived in California. Yeah. They lived in Los Angeles. You know, we're talking like Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield, you know, Marianne Williamson. The greats. Uh, yeah, you know, Louise Hay, they're like, they're all in LA. They're all in San Diego. So I thought this is the it was going to be India or LA. And LA called me. So I thought I want to I want to go into this field. There's a whole new way to impact people that's not through religion or the church. Yeah. And and my soul pulled me. And sometimes what your soul guides you to do doesn't always make sense to your mind and isn't always convenient. But it was clear. I just had this problem. I was ordained, and everyone had the, their hopes and expectations yeah. pinned on me. And so I looked into my future, and I saw that I could follow the expected path. I could follow the path that society deemed was my path, but didn't feel right. And as I fell into my future, age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, I mean, on and on, I felt such a pain of self-betrayal. I felt such a pain of just such a deep pain of like a soul suicide. Like if I start lying to myself now, then I'm gonna have to lie to myself for the rest of my life. And the pain of that was so intense that I thought I knew what I had to do, which was speak to my father. And it was scary. It was terrifying. It was challenging. It was difficult. It was hellish. But I didn't. I felt like I didn't have a choice. And so at 18, I finally confronted my father, spoke to him, told him, I love you, but I'm not taking over. Um, we didn't speak for about two years. And that was really profoundly heartbreaking and challenging, honestly. And I can only uh, imagine. Yeah. At that moment, I felt like I was suspended in midair with this vision and this dream and this calling and no money, no support, no college degree, no prospects. I just felt totally abandoned by life. And I said this prayer to the universe. I said, universe, if the vision in my heart is real, if this is true, if this is real, I'm following my soul. But I feel so lost right now. And if this is real, I need a sign. I need I need something. Like if, if all of this self-help shit works, I need to know. And... A week later, I get a someone. I'm in the library of my school. Someone hands me a magazine called The Economist. I felt I felt the chill, and I look in the back of the magazine. It says 55,000 uh, green cards are being given away in the green card lottery, and that's when I knew that I was. I felt the strange feeling that I was going to win, and I was told this was April. I was told by September the 18th as a cutoff date. If you don't. Uh, if you're not notified by then, move on with your life. I entered to the law firm, visualized every day, saw the president of the United States shaking my hand. I mean, I cut out a piece of paper, colored it green, cut, called it green card. I didn't know green cards were pink. <laughs> uh, literally, so embarrassing. Uh, and every day, expecting to get notified. Nothing, nothing, nothing. September the 18th rolls around. I finally, I finally expecting this is the day, nothing. I packed my bags. I'll never, never forget this day. I packed my bags 
And I tell my mother, I'm going to America. I mean, technically it's illegal, but I'm going and I'm not coming back. And that night I get a phone call from the law firm. And the guy says, the, the lawyer says, you want a green card? This is completely shocking, but it's happened. And I was jumping around for joy. And that Jeez. began my, that big, like I heard this voice in that moment that said, why do you seem so surprised? You knew you were going to win. Did you not? Did you doubt your soul? And that moment has haunted me in a good way because whenever I felt like giving, giving up, I remember that moment, that moment of feeling like I'm being guided, you know? So I came to the US, two suitcases, $800, you know, one in the country, literally not a soul. First guy I met in the US was a tech, was the shuttle bus driver. I said, take me somewhere safe and cheap. You take me to freaking Venice Beach 27 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I felt like I was gonna die, cried for six months. And then started getting my life together. Went and found many of the teachers and the mentors and the authors I read about. And also after that, I traveled the world, you know, saved up a bit of money, traveled, had a breakdown, meltdown. So I traveled and I went to like walk the Camino in northern Spain, went to Thailand, studied with monks, went to Israel, studied with rabbis, ended up in India. And that really transformed my life. And I felt such a sense of freedom, a freedom that wasn't based on money or fame or i didn't have anything to show for it but i felt so free that i wanted people to feel the level of freedom i felt and one person said hey you seem happy what's your deal and we started talking and one person came and then it became i started coaching people and then one person came and then i created my own method called uncoaching like unconditioning un untraining unteaching people uh from the patterns that we've learned to develop from childhood that tends to uh, inhibit our full expression in life. And so uh, one person came and another person came, people started flying from around the world. And before you knew it, it was five people and 10 people and then small groups and large groups and larger groups and then two best-selling books. And here we are. So that's a bit of the story. Just that bit of a story is amazing. Um, so it was, you You felt something in your soul that guided you. To, it was your soul and... Obviously, I'm guessing having grown up seeing all these miracles, you knew there was a power greater than yourself, greater than um, yes. everybody's life. And that's why you were able to. I guess it's probably, I would say, the reason why you were able to listen to your soul, because you knew there was magic out there and your soul yeah. was leading you to that magic. Whereas people who don't didn't live in this experience like you did, seeing these miracles every day, it's kind of hard to believe that we can have our own miracles happen in our life. Yes. And I want to say something to that now. Because a lot of people say, wow, so amazing, and miracles, oh my God, can I want to see a miracle? Nothing like that ever happens to me. And I say to them, you're wrong. What I say is, you want to see a miracle. Miracle isn't just someone standing up in a wheelchair. You want to see a real miracle. I can show you a miracle right now on this podcast. Go to the mirror right now. If you're listening, folks, go to the mirror and look in the mirror. What do you see? Or me, well, what the hell is you? Inside of you, there are trillions and trillions and trillions of cells, trillions of cells interacting right now to even be able to listen to this conversation. There are trillions of processes that need to happen for you to be able to see and, and digest your food. You eat food, then you digest your food. You ate a fish or a, or, 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 or a, or a chicken or a, you know, if you're vegan, a, a vegan burger or whatever it is. And, and how is it that that fish doesn't, 
your hand, you know, you digest the food and, the, and your hand is not a fish. There is an intelligence inside of you, inside of me that, that is happening. And right now you're breathing, I'm breathing, we're breathing. What's breathing us? We're not sitting here going, breathe, 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 breathe. It's just this innate intelligence, you know? And so I think somehow we've lost touch with what we are. We've lost touch with the deep, profound, crazy, amazing reality of what we are, you know? And so I just tell people, you want to see a miracle, look at yourself because you are a living, breathing miracle. Literally, just biologically, a living, breathing miracle. If you look at light, I'm looking outside right now and I see green trees. And they just ask green trees, but what the hell is that? I mean, this is incredible. The sky, the sun, the moon. I mean, the clouds, the sky is blue. It's it's just like all of this is just miraculous, but somehow we take it for granted because we get so used to it. Like oh, just another sun, sun, freaking sun! Did you see the full moon the other day? It's like amazing. It beautiful. It's amazing. Like how many of us we can can how many of us could actually just go home and manufacture the sun? It's impossible. Like like if we really let ourselves be with the reality of this existence for a moment, as simple as it sounds, just sit with your breathing and, and kind of marvel on shit man so, what is that it's a miracle the sun the moon the flowers it's 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 really amazing and so i think miracles are not some woo woo far out thing it's just our willingness to recognize the to bring our attention to what is to bring our attention to the amazingness of what is right here right now to me that's a miracle i think to be honest as well so many folks listening to the podcast maybe your podcast we've all been through shit in our lives you know we've been traumatized we've been hurt we all have our stories crazy parents heartbreaks you know all sorts of stuff and the fact that you i when i say you i'm talking to those listening but the fact that you can despite what you've been through you haven't given up despite what your father or mother may have done to you and the injustice or the abuse, there's still a part of you that wants to love. There's still a part of you that hasn't shriveled up in bitterness, you know? And there's still a part of you that is reaching for the light, listening to, the pod, to this podcast, doing this podcast, trying to be your best self, despite what we've been through. That is miraculous. And so I think we have to just open our eyes and pay attention to the miracle that is this moment, the miracle that we all are, the miracle that ex existence is now. Doesn't mean it's perfect. This, this whole existence is kind of messy and complicated and, you know, sometimes hard, but it's still, it's still amazing. And so I think the more we can appreciate that, the more we, we see the miracles all around us each moment. Honestly, honestly, it's amazing. The stars, it's amazing. So I really needed that right now. I was always question. I've been questioning the last few weeks, my stuff, mm. me going through because, you know, mm. I don't see the, the success that I thought I would have, but yes, yes, I have to bring it back. I have to remember I have even any minor success I have, be it celebrate, celebrate. Look, I don't know your story, brother, but there are things that you probably have been through that are challenging. And there's things that you've been through that are difficult. And there's things that you've been through that, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't be here right now at this moment, but you are. And celebrate, like every time you're able to forgive someone or forgive your parents or forget, you know, that's a miracle, mm -hmm. you know, even being a bit more yourself, that's a miracle. That's amazing. So 
Yeah, celebrate yourself. Because I think the more you, what you appreciate, appreciates. What you appreciate, appreciates. And the more you appreciate what you have and who you are, the more you build yourself. The more you build yourself, the more the, the more confidence grows. The more confidence grows, the more you're able to do. The more you're able to do, the more confidence grows. It becomes a cycle. So I would say don't wait till you achieve the success that you want. In fact, celebrate the success that you are in this moment and likely more of the success that you want will come. The other thing I'll say in terms of manifestation, and hopefully this also helps people listening, you know, um, it might help you too. Hopefully. Oh, I, I, I know <laughs> it will. I know it will. <laughs> you know, like many times we get this idea, I want this thing. I want this thing. I want this thing. But first we have to ask a couple of things. Number one, wh why do we want this thing? And what is driving that? The other thing I'm going to give you, I'm going to go, I'm going to go in reverse. I'm going to give you like a secret to manifestation. There's often a thing that we want to manifest, the success thing. And I tell people, you want to manifest that because there's a feeling that you're seeking by achieving that. I'm going to feel free. I'm going to feel fulfilled. I'm going to feel happy. I'm going to feel more alive. I'm going to feel more, whatever it is, right? There's a feeling to get that Lamborghini, it's going to give me a feeling. Get that, it's going to give me, I'm going to feel something. If I said achieving your wildest dreams and goals, you're going to feel like absolute shit. You wouldn't want that. Nobody would want that. But there's something we're going for, a feeling. So I would say first, get in touch with the feeling. What is the feeling I'm seeking that I want by achieving that success? And don't wait till you achieve it. Instead, start cultivating the feeling in yourself now start feeling and cultivating that now even without achieving it and as a result you're no longer waiting to achieve it you start experiencing the feeling of uh, uh, that you're gonna that you're seeking for now you're gonna be more fulfilled you're gonna be happy along the way you're gonna be more magnetic to it the last thing i'll say is in our culture that we've been brainwashed to think that success is the achievement of the goal is winning that Oscar, is getting that VMA award or that Grammy or that thing or that million dollars, whatever the thing is, that's success. And if you don't have that in your bank account, if you don't have that to show for it, you ain't successful. And I'm saying that is not true. It's a misconception. See, every goal is evolutionary in nature. It will take you, the pursuit of that goal will take you on a journey. A journey where you will have to grow and evolve and become more and learn more about who you are, about yourself. And so to me, the real purpose of the goal is not just the goal. The real purpose of the goal is the degree to which you become more of the authentic, real, true version of who you really are. The, the, the blessing and the gift of the goal is not just the attainment, but who you become in the process in the process of the pursuit of that goal. To me, that is the gift. Because at the end of your life and my life, the only thing we take with us, we don't take the car and the house and the iPhone and the bling and the bank account. And, you know, there's people that died today, money stuck in the bank account just disappears, you know? We don't take any of that with us. The only thing we take with us is the evolution of our consciousness. And so to me, if we realize that, then we stop judging ourselves based on a metric of, what did I achieve or not achieve? Because you can achieve that thing and still, you know, be a jerk. You can achieve that thing and still be full of insecurity and pain and childhood wounds. And then 
what's the point of that? You can achieve that thing and betray yourself and not be living in integrity. Then is that is that real success? You know, and so I think the fact that you can be a good human being, you know, and share and have a desire to share a podcast with the world and spread some positivity and and have and add value. It's like that is success. And so we have to ask ourselves, who am I becoming? Not just what am I achieving? Who am I becoming in pursuit of that goal? Ultimately, on spiritual level, I come from the perspective that we are souls. We incarnate into this human experience. We're souls having a human experience. We incarnate into this human experience because there's things that we are here to learn and grow through and evolve through. So life is a school. Life is a university for our soul's evolution. Every single experience really is part of the curriculum for our soul's evolution. That means every single experience, pain, heartbreak, failure, et cetera, et cetera, is part of the, the growth opportunity for us to evolve and learn. And that being the case, growth success is the degree to which we learn the lessons. We learn the lessons where we are, when we are. And I think so long as you, we, me, we're doing that, we're successful, honestly. Well, I'm changing my definition of success as of now. Um, because that, that, that is true. Like looking at the thing as the success, it's not, it's the journey. Cause that journey transforms you and gives you more rewards than just attaining the VMA, the golden gold or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about your new book that you have yes. now called, uh, give me a second here. Uh, the magic, magic of surrender. Yeah. How did you come up with a name like that? Was it wow. on because I know you you do your Bali experience and then you also yes. have a fourteen day Indian uh, in India, India one on one experience, yes. which I which seems intense. It's um, crazy, man. It's it must be intense. It's bonkers. Yeah, it is. Who you give up? So for my listeners, if they don't know, you give up. You go on this adventure with yes. uh, Knut. You give up your your wallet. You give up your passport. You give up pretty much everything except for the clothes on your back and a change of clothes. Correct. Change of clothes, close your back, journal, a backpack, that's it. Nothing else. No idea where you're going. You sign your will in case you don't come back. You write letters to everyone in your life in case you die. And you have no idea where you're going. I tell you a few days before the time to show up at the airport. And then we go 14, 12, 12 days. And we're in maybe, you know, 14 to 20 cities in India in 12 days. Trains, planes, automobiles. You give me permission to do whatever is necessary to help free you. You know, no holds barred. And we deep dive 24 hours a day, nonstop. You know, it's it's intense. It must it's be intense. just as transforming for you as with your uh, with your. It's your been life. It's been life changing. Honestly, it's been life changing to facilitate those journeys because to facilitate that level of journey. Because for me, it's 24 seven. Mm-hmm. That journey is tw- is 24 seven, and so it has expanded my compassion, my patience, my capacity. The level at which I can work with people—it's really been—it's been—it's been amazing. It's been revolutionary in so many, so many ways, you know. And and I believe as a leader, as a guide for those of us, for those listening, that maybe coaches or you can only lead people or guide people to the degree you can lead yourself, you know. So to to be it in order to facilitate that level of deep process, I have to, you know, I can't fake it. I, I have to go through my own internal work in order to be able to take people deep. And so it, it's, 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 it's made me over the, the last decade, it's made me uh, live what I am doing at a whole other level. And that's been profound. Uh, but you mentioned the magic of surrender. 
Yeah, because because you do have to surrender when you do, like when I if if I choose to go on this, I'm surrendering myself to you. So it's kind of the first step because I'm surrendering. Yes. My, yeah. Surrendering not to me, but to the journey. To the right? journey. To, yes, I'm sorry. To the, journey. to the journey and to my guide. To, as, yeah. As well, but some of my clients mistakenly think, yeah. oh, I'm surrendering to me. No, you're not surrendering to me. You're surrendering to yourself. You're surrendering to life. You're surrendering, you're surrendering to the flow. And, and so... The book, the title. So, so here's the thing. This was not the book I thought I was going to write. Just full disclosure. I had all sorts of clever, I, I say clever ideas of the book I thought I should write. The book I thought would be a bestseller. The book I thought would be like, oh, New York. You know, like you see all these great sexy titles now, like yeah. the, the Magical Art of Tidying Up. Oh, sold you know gazillions of copies. I have a subtle art of not giving an F, right? It's yeah. like, oh, that's a great title. So I thought I'm going to come up with a really sexy title and concept and a, a strategically sell this book and, and, and what book do my audience want? And to be honest, uh, I sat with a whiteboard brainstorming hundreds of clever ideas, one of, some of which I might do someday, and none of those felt aligned. None of those ideas felt as though they were in my integrity. None of those felt true. And the only word that stood out for me when I looked at that board was the word surrender. That was it. Then I thought, no, I don't want to write a book about surrender because, you know, people, we tend to run away from surrender and so many misconceptions about surrender. It's like, you know, you need to go to the den- the, the dentist, but you don't really want to go, but you know you need to go, but you might have to get a teeth pulled so shit but you know you keep putting it off and so it's that kind of feeling and so i had to surrender to the book about be about surrender and when i did everything flowed i look back at my life some of the things i've told you but i look back at my life and i saw how my parents and and, and my childhood and all these things perfectly orchestrated for me and to, to develop me to write this book for the new generation and so the book was really i think inspired um and i didn't know at the time but the seed was planted when in 2016 my mother was diagnosed with stomach cancer at the end of 2016 it was honestly man it was it was brutal it was really intense i'm traveling the world say you know inspiring people my first book is a bestseller i'm on all this media fox news larry i mean i'm high life has a way of humbling you when you're in your highest moment so i just say stay humble. And so here I am, I get a phone call, your mother has cancer. I start traveling back and forth from LA to London every month for a week for an entire year, every month, back and forth, back and forth. The travel alone was hard, but I had every intention to like save my mother, to heal her with green powders and alternative therapies. And after about three, four months, I realized, I don't think this is going to work. And so two things, Firstly, I had to surrender. I had to surrender to my mother's journey. And when I gave up hope of the future, like this is it, I, I don't know if, I don't think she's going to live. It freed me up to just be with her. And I would sit with her in chemo for eight hours, just holding her hand and thinking this could be the last time I ever hold my mother's hand. And, and, but also full of regret thinking, why did I wait to this moment? to spend this time with her and have tea with her and go to the park with her and, you know, go feed the ducks on the pond with her. And, and I, cause I always thought I don't have time. I, I have to make a difference and have an impact and build a thing and be successful. And 
I never made time for these simple moments. And so it was an eye opener. And, and so I think the seed of the book was planted because about seven months into the process, the doctors finally said, there's nothing we can do. Basically, you're going to die. That's what they say. You're going to die. And in a nice way. So get your affairs in order. And it was a real shocker. And I went to the parking lot with my mother, kind of like with tears swimming down my face for, for a moment. And I looked at her and I said, number one, first question, I said, are you afraid? And she looked at me and she said, no, this Japanese woman, right? Mm -hmm. She says, no, I'm not afraid because I know I'm not this body. She said, this body is just a temporary vehicle for my soul. And even when this body dies, I will be with you, guiding you always. And I felt her, I felt her, you know, and it moved me. And then I said to her, is there anything I can do for you in your final days to make your final days easier? Like, what, what can I do for you? What do you need? What, what, like, how can I, like, what can I, what can I give you? And she looked at me and she said, there's nothing I need and there's nothing I want from you. She said, the only thing I want or need the only thing I want is what God wants for my life. And I was like, wow. I realized that she was surrendered. She wasn't attached to living and she wasn't attached to dying. She was just completely surrendered to the highest evolution for her soul's destiny. And that's when I realized that surrender is the most powerful thing you can do. Surrender is the key to the great ones. That surrender is the secret to real manifestation. All of the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mandela, you know, the list goes on. They all surrendered themselves to life. And in the surrender to life, they transcended their own ego's limitations and they tapped into a dimension of their own soul, of their own potential. And life was able to move through them and express through them and live through them and, and look at like, look what they were able to do. They, it was, um, it was miraculous, you know, what Mandela and Martin Luther King and, you know, Mother Teresa, what they were truly able to do in their lifetime was truly incredible. And so I think in our culture today, we have so many misconceptions about surrender. We think surrender is giving up, it's waving the white flag, that if you surrender, you're going to be left behind, be a doormat, be a victim, be taken advantage of, that you won't manifest your goals, dreams, and desires, that you're going to get less in life. And I'm actually saying that if you surrender, what if you didn't get less? But what if you got more? More than you could even imagine with your logic, with your conscious mind, because the ego, we sometimes get so attached to what we think we want and what we think success is that we're not realizing that we're limiting the universe when life is seeking to give us so much more, but we're not able to see it from our limited perspective. And so surrender is to let go of control or the control that we think we have, that we really don't, because I would say control is the master addiction. And so it's to let go of control. Surrender is to stop trying to force life to fit into our limited idea of what we think it should be. And it's letting go of the idea of who we think we should be and how we think life should be so that we can just truly open to the life that is seeking to unfold authentically for many years. You know, in my early 20s, I wanted to be the next Oprah and, 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 I was hell-bent obsessed on being successful and manifesting this talk show. For two years, I was broke. I was homeless. I was sleeping on couches, just trying to make it happen, beating myself up for not making it happen. And sometimes not getting what you thought you wanted is the biggest blessing. Not getting what you thought you wanted is grace. And so when we surrender, we trust and we let go so that 
life can unfold, more of the magic can unfold. And I think when we truly surrender and let go and we're open and available, we do up and we and we feel like, what is the deepest truth? What is life seeking to express through me? What is the universe seeking to express through me? And then we open to that, we align with that, then we take action. We take action in alignment with our soul, with our truth, with our integrity. We do everything we can. We let go of attachment. That's where magic can happen. And so we all want the magic. Magic is that which is beyond your logical, mental limitation. You know, more abundance, more joy. Magic, beyond your wildest dream. We all want magic, but we don't want to surrender. We want to, you know, many people, we want to manifest our soulmate, but we, we're holding on to that toxic relationship that isn't fulfilling. It's like, well, when I have my soulmate, then I'm going to let go. doesn't work that way. The next level of our lives requires the next level of us. The next level of us requires that we let go of what is not aligned. But often as human beings, we hold on to what's not working out of comfort, out of self-preservation, out of familiarity, not realizing that holding on is just block, blocking our blessings. So I would ask everyone, what is it that you need to surrender today? What is it that is no longer serving? What is it that's no longer a vibrational match? Who in your life is no longer aligned with who you are and where you're going? What patterns, what addictions, what behaviors are no longer serving for where your soul is seeking to go? And when we let go, we make space. When we make space and we surrender, that's when the magic can happen. And often it happens beyond what we can imagine, better than what we could imagine. And I think that's the magic. Jesus. Great way to end. Just <laughs> so powerful to end the episode on. Uh, I want you to let my audience know where they can follow you, how they can get in touch with you if they're looking to get more of your amazingness. Because I know you do have a podcast, which Thanks. it's now subscribed to on my phone, oh, my thank all, you. everything thank that you. I can thank subscribe you, because I was watching some of your videos on your YouTube and it was just amazing. So please let my audience know where they can find yeah, you. Yeah, where, where people can get the podcast, Soul Talk is a weekly podcast. Uh, check it out there. Lots of free content. Uh, my main website, kublaxon.com. I think you'll find out about all my events. If people feel uh, the book, The Magic of Surrender, it's a roadmap to surrender. The first book is also You Are the One, both amazing on Amazon. Get the paperback on, on Amazon of The Magic of Surrender. Um, and let's see, yeah, if, if people are inspired and they feel like going uh, on a deep dive journey of transformation, I don't really do the India journeys anymore, but twice a year I do uh, a 20-person journey to Bali. And it's 12 days intensive if you're someone and you're ready to take your life to that next level you can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com excellent thank you so much Kenny Blackson, for being here uh all the links will be in the show notes down below for my audience to find out more about them and remember to always invest in yourself <laughs>